Hi everyone, welcome to Finding Answers. This is Uttam Gupta, your host for the show. The goal with this show is to introduce you to the people and ideas that will help you get answers to all your questions regarding life, career and business so that we together can learn and grow every single day. While listening throughout this podcast, if you learn something or hear something that you feel is interesting and thought-provoking, then I encourage you to take note of it and share it on your social media and tag me and this podcast. So today we have someone who is really amazing person who has very interesting outlook and perspective on things. He is known as Harsh Strongman and he is the founder of one of the most popular pages on Twitter, Life Math Money, where he talks about topics ranging from fitness, finances, discipline, productivity, and mainly how to live a better life. Above that, he is one of the top creators on Gumroad, which is why in just last few years, he has built a digital empire using internet. In this episode, we will learn more about him, how he did all of this, how you can do it, and much, much more. So stay till the end. You are definitely going to learn a lot from this episode. So I welcome you on the show, Harsh. How is it going? Everything is going well, Atam. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I love hearing about people's journey, how things started and everything around it. So I'm very curious to know how your journey on internet started. Hmm. Okay, so I was always a very tech savvy person. So I was always into computers and, you know, programming and learning more about how technology works. And I remember one day that I was searching for something and a website named Danger and Play showed up. So it's a website by a guy called Mike Cernovich. From that website, I found another website called boldanddetermined.com by a guy called Victor Pride. And both of these websites are shut down now. They no longer exist. And Victor Pride used to talk about how everyone should start a blog and why everyone should write. So I thought that I would try my hand at writing. So I made up lifemathmoney.com and I started writing. And to promote my articles, I decided to use Twitter because I had seen a lot of other influencers use Twitter successfully, like Ed Latimer, uh, Alexander Curtis, and uh, Wall Street Playboys, who now goes by Bowtie Bull. So mm-hmm. I used Twitter, and Twitter was very good. So Twitter, I became kind of an instant success on Twitter because my account grew really fast. Mm-hmm. And that's how LMM got its start. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. I just write articles on Life Math Money. I tweet on LMM, and that's it. Which year, uh, which year was it when you started? 2018. Uh, I started Life Math Money on 17th May 2018. Oh, damn. <laughs> That's, I thought you already had the blog and you started Twitter in 2018 around that. I already had a personal blog before on mm-hmm. the same domain like a year ago. I would write like small articles about my life, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't that consistent. In 2018, mm-hmm. I started taking it much more seriously. So mm-hmm. I had like a 10-month break from publishing and then I just restarted the blog and the next day I made the Twitter account. Mm, got it. So Hush, uh, like this is something people know from outside about you. But how was your life before that? How was your ch- childhood? How was your education and everything? Like would love to know some personal things also uh, mm, from okay. you. So my family wasn't a particularly well-off one when I was born. So mm-hmm. my father's youth, he spent as a farmer in a very rural part of India. There was no electricity or anything. Mm-hmm. And I was born in the same village. Mm-hmm. And after I was born, my family decided to move to a city because, you know, they wanted to give me more opportunity. 
And that was one of the best decisions they ever made for me. So in the city, I'm the first person to receive a proper education in an English medium school. So my dad went to school, but he was a farmer and he studied in the local language. And the same applies to my mother. Mm. And back then in their schools, they would not have teachers. So, you know, it was education, but it wasn't like quality education, although my father did manage to clear and get qualified. So in the city, since my dad had a job here initially, I was able to go to school, go to a good school and get an education. I wasn't well off as a kid. Like I was one of the poorer kids, I would say. Like I would not have new shoes and everything. Yeah, it was a pretty happy childhood. I never, I enjoyed my life as a kid. Mm-hmm. I never really realized much about the world back then. So <laughs> it was an innocent life. Yeah. Then there was college and college was fun. I made a lot of friends. I improved my social skills. So back in school, I was a very nerdy kid. I was extremely mm-hmm. intelligent, but I was not social at all. Mm-hmm. So I was like very good with things like math and computers and the logic subjects like physics. Mm-hmm. But I was horrible at English because my family wasn't from a background that spoke English. So I was the first person to actually learn English from the beginning. And I would fail things like uh, English language, even Hindi, I would fail for some reason, for some reason, even though Hindi is my mother tongue. Yeah. And I would almost feel history <laughs> because I would just sleep through that. <laughs> but math and computers, I was really good at. And when I say good at, I mean, I would score perfect scores, like 100 yeah. out of 100. Yeah. And in college, I really opened up. In college, I was very social. I would talk to everybody. I would talk to women, men. I would make a lot of friends. And that was the time of change because, you know, when you hit puberty, your personality also goes through a change yeah. because you're getting yeah. a lot of hormones in you. Mm. Um, then I did CA, which is chartered, chartered accountancy. So Indians would be familiar with this. I don't know if your audience is Indian or Western, but if you're mm-hmm. Indian, you would know what chartered accountancy is. So yeah. I did that. Um, then I started LMM and I also started an affiliate marketing business on the side. And both of them are doing really well. And I also study computer science by myself. So it's a self-education that I do. I'm halfway through that. Very cool. I'm very well aware aware about CA because, you know, interesting thing is uh, like from childhood, I have also been very nerdy. I have I was very good student, like kind of scored the best in 10, 12. And until that time, I wanted to be a CA as well. Oh, <laughs> and that's then, really nice. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to college. I graduated from SRCC in India. And uh, when I went to college, like you were saying that after that, I realized I was a introvert kid uh, till 12th and I am still an introvert kid. Oh, but no, no, after- no. When, I, when I say college, I mean 11th and 12th grade. I never went to a degree college. Okay. Okay. Amazing. So you did your CA just after 12th without yes, college? Without college. Oh, that's very cool. That's, that's interesting. Okay. So I went to college like after 12th like graduation college at that time when i went i moved out of my hometown i met new people i realized like there are so many more things i can do then i realized i don't want to do ca there are multiple (laughs) things that i can do because you know like what happens is when we grow up we are told like we are just given certain boxes that you can do only this like if you are in science you can just do this if you are in commerce, you can just do this. We are not told to see beyond that. 
so i was not aware of anything uh, beyond ca or cs but after going i realized i can do more other things so i just switched my career from finance to marketing i'm a marketer now oh that's really cool so i have to ask what got you into marketing because usually mm-hmm. your parents want you to do ca if you're in commerce so what got me into marketing was i i was very good in numbers i was very good in finance i was confident that if i choose it i can do that also but after uh, going to college tried graphic designing video editing public speaking started social uh, entrepreneurship ventures and multiple things and i also started doing ma- social media marketing during my college building campaigns and all of those things and side by side i was kind of uh, learning about finance and all those things as well so it was kind of a ab testing for me that i was learning that as well but i was also doing marketing stuff as well and while doing that i realized that i can do both but i am really enjoying this side of marketing which involves creative things doing creative things also and which also involves numbers data and all of these things so that accumulation of creativity psychology understanding humans and data that really fascinated me and that made me jump and switch from just finance uh, to marketing hmm that's very nice yeah i also started writing on linkedin uh, an year back so there, there i started writing about marketing grew my audience to very small number like 32000 and recently few months back i also started on twitter and i realized twitter is so much fun and like so much better place hmm i've heard contrasting opinions because i do know certain people who have a big audience on linkedin mm-hmm. and they say linkedin is better than twitter Personally I agree with you though I like Twitter way more because Twitter is you know more aggressive and more confrontational which suits my personality more yeah so I'm not the type of guy who's going to be friendly with people who you know leave me a negative comment I'm going to like destroy them and yeah. Twitter is the place to do that like if you yeah. have somewhat of a polarizing personality get on Twitter mm-hmm. so uh, LinkedIn is really good uh, to get for business to get leads if you are a freelancer if you want clients but to build network or like to really connect with big people i have realized twitter has a lot of potential because like top people hang out there hmm i would say the difference is that see on places like instagram mm-hmm. the ultimate selling point is you know beauty who gets yeah. the biggest yeah. followers is the people who are already very popular or people you know like women with very little clothing or things like that you know like things that please the eye are very popular on uh, instagram yeah. Yeah. with linkedin it's about credentials so the yeah. work at the biggest companies or you know the ones with the best credentials are the ones who are more likely to succeed on linkedin although yeah you're right that freelancers do use it to generate a lot of leads yeah with twitter though the only reason why someone would follow you on twitter if they don't know you is the quality of your thoughts hmm. twitter is purely a written text based uh, conversation content quality quality type platform so twitter is just different from everything else yeah like youtube youtube is about there's a lot of people who do informational stuff but to an extent you have to incorporate entertainment and visuals yeah. and you know things that please the eye but yeah. twitter does not have any of that you can just make text posts so that's why you find a lot of intelligent people on twitter because mm. that's a realm of the intelligent and mm. uh, now if you take rich people like you mentioned successful people 
Is there more likely to use Twitter and even hire from Twitter? And I know a mm-hmm. lot of people who did get hired because of their Twitter, mm-hmm. and that's because they already know this person is smart, mm-hmm. and they can already tell this person is has the right mindset or not. So they are more willing to take a chance. Right. So Harsh, I have an interesting question. That is Harsh Strongman, uh, same as what he appears on the internet and in real life. more or less although okay. in real life i am a little more diplomatic in the sense that i am more tactful in real life so on the internet you know what on the internet if you want any kind of attention you have to you know be more polarizing and very unapologetic so mm-hmm. if uh, if i have to say something i'll just say it like this is true mm. and it might generate a lot of positive reactions and negative reactions but mm. that would not be a smart move to make in real life so the things mm. that work on the internet do not ne- necessarily work on real life situations i have the same thoughts the same mindset in real life got it and i am far more tactful with dealing with people so i won't mm. blurt out my opinions to people i don't know or you know mm. i'm more likely to just agree with someone just to you know not waste my time dealing with them so i'll just say mm. yeah you're right and you know let them keep speaking but on twitter it has to be different yeah. so i would say that i'm the same person but my communication styles are very different got it so uh, in in life like are you a very re- uh, reserved person or you are a extrovert kind of person i did this big five personality personality test and mm-hmm. there is that's for like 95% extroverted i am extremely extroverted so i can make friends with anyone anywhere Oh, very I was not expecting that. I was thinking <laughs> that you must be very reserved kind of person. No, no, no. I'm very good with people. I really enjoy social life and you know meeting mm-hmm. more people, communicating with them, getting to know more things about humans and human nature. So, uh, how did you got into such topics like productivity, discipline, all of the things that you uh, write about? You were studying finance. You are a ca and then you started writing about all of these things so how did that happen when i was about 15 or 16 years old i started mm-hmm. going to the gym mm-hmm. and when you go to the gym at that age you kind of become obsessed with it and that takes up a lot of your time and you obviously mm-hmm. you would want to mo- do more things which involves you learning more so it was like an upward spiral so it didn't happen in one day for sure mm-hmm. it took many years so i'm 25 right now and i started at 16 so it's been like 10 years mm. so over 10 years i've read a lot of books i've spent a lot of time with different people from different backgrounds i've grown two businesses from scratch i've completed an entire degree so i've gained a lot of experience with people and the human situation i've also learned how to do more in less time and all of these things i've done while researching more with reading the internet blogs mm-hmm. on various topics etc so it's just accumulated experience i would say hmm okay so correct me if i'm wrong i as far as i know i you are also very much interested into reading scriptures uh, and all of those things are I you i am so currently yeah. i'm reading the ramayana by uh, mm. by big debroy so he's translated the valmiki ramayana Ramayan mm-hmm. um, into English without you know giving his opinion or mm. you know without adulterating the text. So yeah. what he's done, he's just made a direct English translation of the book. Mm-hmm. So it's like a purest translation you can find. Although at some point I would like to think that I would learn Sanskrit and then read the Ramayan and the other texts in Sanskrit, so the purest version possible. 
very cool uh i had actually seen uh, one time you had posted the fo- photo and i'm also personally very much interested into reading scriptures i started uh, reading uh, somewhat easier version of bhagavad gita which is translated in uh, english so i really find rarely find people on internet who are in- interested into such things so that was one point like i have to talk to this person <laughs> are you able to find such people offline though yeah it's difficult but it depends like so i'll tell you uh, i had also told you in my mail so i don't have friends like that around me i am connected to people through phone or through internet uh, who are into such things so they they keep me anchored uh, they are the people with whom i can discuss such things and ha- share ideas hmm so yeah exactly what i thought so with things like these these are like topics that the average person is not particularly interested in you know mm-hmm. the average person just wants to live their life watch tv and go to their job be with their family maybe and you know die mm-hmm. so these are topics you are more likely to find peers for on the internet or you know on larger networks where yeah. everyone you know so for example if i didn't have internet i would also be i would also think that i i'm the only person interested in these things Mm-hmm. but because of the internet we can have a community now so people from different backgrounds across the world who are interested in a particular topic can communicate and they can even meet up and you know form a community basically yeah so i have found it very difficult throughout my life to find like minded people who are interested in uh, such thing so what i did was like after uh, my 12th when i was in college since till now i have spent Uh, after every few months i spend some month living with monks in the outskirts of mumbai there is a place so i go there i live with them so they are kind of my friends to talk about these things and what they have actually helped me live with monks sorry what do you mean live with monks what type of monks so what type of monks so they are uh, hindu monks acha you mean like pujaris uh yeah they are pujaris not only pujaris they are kind of lot of people uh, very successful in their career in their profession they are iitians and basically iskon monk, monks if you know about i know about iskon yeah 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 so they have been like iitians very professional and then they chose to become monks and spend their life in selfless service and studying about vedic scriptures and everything so oh, they so are my were you living yeah. in a iskon temple No, no. So it is not just a temple. It is a very big ashram kind of place, and also uh, a place where visitors and people come there from foreign and all those places to just enjoy. They have created a kind of environment. All kind of people can come in and at least experience that environment. You know. So by living with them, I mean is when I go there, I actually follow the routine they follow. So. i whenever i have lived i sleep at 8 i wake up at 3:30 am i do group meditation with them for a couple of hours and then did they meditate i thought they did the chanting thing yeah so their meditation is chanting and also personal meditation when i am there i also do my personal meditation of breathing and all of those things so i kind of do what they do i study with them so it's a great experience i've done it 3 times Till now, whenever I get break, so I do that. 
Hmm, that's very very interesting. I've always found Iskon to be a very interesting organization. I have mm-hmm. a copy of their Bhagavad Gita called mm-hmm. As It Is, mm-hmm. and it seems quite cool. I do like Iskon temples very much, although mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if I could live there because uh, yeah, permanently it's difficult. Because not it's permanently. It's just, yeah. I need to get 200 grams of protein per day <laughs> and their diet just doesn't have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that is not possible. These things what we are talking about hold a lot of substance, you know, reading things like that. But why do you think most people are not interested in it or don't think about it? It's because most people are like um NPCs or, you know, most people are not self aware they are just living their life how they are told for example um, mm-hmm. if, if when they were born they were just told that you know you got to go to school and then you have to go to college and then you mm-hmm. have to you know get a job then you have to get married then you have to have children then you mm-hmm. have to die so they they, they haven't really thought right. through what they want they've just been doing what society has been telling them and that's fine like that's their life that's what they want to do but it's only a small percentage of the population that wants to rise and be something beyond mm-hmm. societal person right, so right. this is something that naturally or like you know d- genetically mm. 90% of people are not interested in mm. like even if you take work most people are not some people who care about work or that they enjoy their work or they mm. want to do something bigger or add meaning or knowledge to humanity they yeah. work to get money Mm. and that's it like if doing something else would pay them more that's what they would do so mm-hmm. it's just how it is you know most people are not smart and not self aware they're just societal humans living their life and that's how mm-hmm. it is like it is just how <laughs> god made humans you mm-hmm. so uh, what made you interested like i'll tell you my uh, perspective so the question what uh, made me interested into digging into these subjects was i thought to myself that like just growing up studying living marrying and dying that sh- that should not be the life there should be something beyond it also there must be something beyond it and what said and that that curiosity just led me to like explore different things what was it for you it wasn't a particular thing i mm-hmm. was always a very curious person and mm. i was never someone who would accept things at face value so mm. i was never someone you could just tell that do this 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 and mm. then this will happen for you i need mm. to know why and that's how i was that's how i was ever since i was a kid mm. so i'll tell you what when i learned how to drive i had to actually google how a car worked because mm. i was just very uncomfortable just using the gear like the guy was telling me so when i <laughs> when you going faster increase the gear and i was like why so i had to actually learn how the internal combustion engine actually worked for me to feel comfortable driving that car so mm. i'm that kind of a person so it's not like a particular event although what got me into spirituality and you know want, wanting to read about mm. our scriptures was mm. that i always wanted to learn more about hindu history and how things were but mm. i just couldn't find proper resources so mm. i thought let me start from the beginning and the beginning is the vedas hmm. and i have searched far and wide and i have not been able to find a proper translation of the vedas it just either doesn't exist or if it exists then please someone contact me and let me know where i can buy it mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, the Vedas were out of question because you know I I can't I couldn't find a book or a teacher. Yeah. So then I thought, what is something that that's from Hinduism that was made for you know average people like me? Mm. So that was the Puranas, that is Mahabharat and Ramayana. So that's how I picked up the Ramayana because the Ramayana is shorter. So I thought first I'll read the mm-hmm. small one and then I'll read the big one. Hmm. And you know, Harsh, I I don't know if you have uh, felt it. as much as i have read and learned i have realized all the business books today all the business lessons or all the lessons that we talk about in today's book have kind of come from there itself like if you read those books all those lessons are already there that has not been my experience mm-hmm. i think that business lessons are very there is some overlap of course yeah i think it's completely different but mm-hmm. there is a lot of value in reading business books mm-hmm. and i don't think that someone who just is familiar with a religious book or a bunch mm-hmm. of religious books has an edge in business over someone yeah well read about business and who knows business so i don't think definitely everything some, is there some tactical perspective perspectives will only develop with those books but yeah i got your point And so not just tactical perspectives okay so mm-hmm. a lot of the things with business are just you know specific to a business or to an industry mm-hmm. and that's just how things will be otherwise it would be too easy yeah so yeah. to learn something specific you have to read something specific hmm 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 makes sense yeah got your point now harsh i wanted to basically talk about cover basically you have built a digital empire using internet you leveraged internet and not let it consume you but a lot of people let internet consume you and uh, take control over their life and they don't leverage it right mm-hmm. so i wanted to talk about those things and i see internet as creating leverage only uh, because if it is not serving you then it is wasting your time uh, so i remember one quote code by archimedes which stayed in my mind where he said give me a place to stand and i will move the earth okay, and that is just stick long enough and i will move the earth okay so thanks for giving me so I, that is how i see see uh, internet what are your thoughts i think that the internet is the greatest invention of all time mm-hmm. and it is one of the brightest opportunities to ever exist for mm-hmm. the young population today what happens is that you know it's just like a tool like it's like a knife okay mm, mm. you can use it for something productive or you can use it to you know commit suicide mm. and on the internet you can either say use it to learn start a business make more money increase your education you know meet more interesting people or you could you know just watch youtube videos jack off to porn and mm. basically just ruin your time and energy and make someone else like facebook or google or porn hubridge hmm so most people like i said are societal humans right they're just living without thinking like animals okay like an animal doesn't think an animal just mm. does what its instinct says mm. and most people are like that or to an extent i would not say that they are animals i would say that if there was a gradient from like um someone who's very in self control and mm-hmm. someone who is more instinctive and out of control with they had the lack of self control i would say most people are on the lack of self control side mm-hmm. so they get hooked on social media and they get hooked on youtube videos 
I think the statistic is that most people watch over one hour of YouTube per day and three hours of TV per day, which mm-hmm. is insane. Yeah. So it is just, there is no competition out there today. I think most people are just losers or in the process of getting there. Mm. And I think that's a good thing because it reduces competition for people like us. <laughs> and there's no fixing it. This is how people always were. So if you take, say, I've read like books that were written 2000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even those books have advices like stop glorifying gladiators and focus on your own self. So this is something that people were doing all the way back thousands mm-hmm. of years ago. It's mm-hmm. a part of human nature. And that's how average people are. And only a small percentage of people are either, you know, serious about their life. So only, mm-hmm. only I would say 2% of people or one in 50 is serious. So it is just a small percentage. Mm-hmm. So Hush, a lot of my audience is uh, young around like 18 to 24 around that. So what will you say? Like what kind of mindset you should have so that you leverage internet and not let it consume you? We'll start from there. Okay. so. With the internet, I have two things in mind, okay? Mm. When you're using the internet, you should either be using it to earn money or build a business or whatever. And the other reason is to learn. So if you're not using it to earn or to learn, then mm. don't use it. Mm. So for example, if you're watching a YouTube video, are you is this video going to help you earn? Or is this video going to... Are, are you learning something from this video? Mm. And if neither is true, then don't watch that video. If you are browsing Reddit, this subreddit or whatever you're reading, is this going to help you earn a loan? And if it's neither, then stop. Mm. And that's how you deal with the internet. I would highly recommend doing what you did, that is A-B testing in your youth. Like try doing a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. content marketing, try writing stuff on the internet, try publishing, Mm. try starting a YouTube channel, try... Try, 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 try doing new things, learn how to code, try mm. starting a small SaaS software for your friends, try solving some interesting problems. So just keep trying to produce. See, remember, okay, yeah. you will only get anywhere if you're a producer. Right. Consumers are not, everyone consumes something or the other, but people who are primarily consumers, they feel by default because they're mm. not producing anything. You need to produce to win. So right. f- make sure you're always producing or learning how to produce things. Mm. Yeah. Make sense. And I'll, I'll give you like a pretty good gauge that I've noticed. Mm-hmm. People who, you know, they have a laptop and they lug that old laptop around everywhere. Those type mm-hmm. of people are usually producers, but people who own a tablet, you know, like an iPad or something, most people who own an iPad or a tablet are consumers. So mm. you can use that as a gauge. Hmm. Got it. So basically have a producing mentality because most of the people are just consumers. Yeah, see, I'll tell tell you what, okay. Like I said, 99% of people are going to spend their entire life looking at a screen Mm. and, you know, losing their health, getting poorer. Your job is to make stuff for the 99% to watch that you can get rich. Mm. And I don't mean like, if you want to do entertainment, do entertainment. You want to do education, do education. But produce content for other people. And ideally, you would want to produce content that benefits the other the person using it and not, you know, destroys them. Mm-hmm. Like this podcast, I would like to think that the person who's watching it benefits from it. But 
like a prank video that is mm-hmm. going to be destructive but either way just focus on producing hmm hmm okay so harsh when your business depends on internet when you uh, your work depends on internet how do you manage uh, and control distraction there is nothing to control really it's about your seriousness level so mm-hmm. for example let me let me ask you another question what why do you get distracted see because when you are when your work is also done through laptop or through phone or through internet you have distractions like social media and other things maybe it could be multitasking how do you get into deep work and not get distracted that is what i meant for whatever distractions you have you need to first understand you have to first ask the question why am i getting distracted hmm. for example when you're eating food and you're very hungry do you get distracted and suddenly forget forget to eat your food you don't right like when mm-hmm. you're hungry and you have to eat mm-hmm. you get like i'll watch tv for 2 hours and then i'll eat that doesn't mm-hmm. happen like you just going mm-hmm. so why do you get distracted when you're working and the answer is probably because you don't care about your work that much hmm or you are either that either that or you addicted to social media or whatever dopamine dopamine hits that you're hmm. getting so if the answer is you don't enjoy your work then do something else hmm and if the answer is that you're addicted to social media or whatever else you know porn or whatever thing you're addicted to and i would bet that if your audience is 18 years old then most of them are addicted to porn whether they know or not hmm and the answer here is to just block those websites hmm just block them hmm all right so harsh we were talking about producer mentality in in today's day and age how do you manage uh, between consumption balance between consumption as well as creation because consumption is also important to feed your mind to learn and creation is as equally important so how do you balance that i don't have to actually balance it mm-hmm. to be honest because okay um i produce content and things for a living mm-hmm. so it's something that i'm always constantly doing okay so for example if you take mnm mnm is a rapper so he's i would guess that he's constantly thinking of rhymes and lyrics even when mm-hmm. he's not doing anything mm-hmm. so how is he producing if you if you're you know work involves being a producer like and that is the case for most entrepreneurs okay like unless you have a job if you, if you are self employed or you are an entrepreneur mm-hmm. so you will always your production level will always be higher than your consumption level otherwise mm-hmm. you will just money so mm-hmm. that's it like i don't really do anything actively to maximize or minimize my consumption mm-hmm. i'm naturally someone who produces because i have the right incentives for production hmm so you naturally produce things it you have been doing it for years what it is what your system looks like i don't have a system i will mm-hmm. generally just read a lot of books and i i generally talk from my own experience so for okay. example if i had a situation in my life what advice i give someone else or mm. what i observed from someone else or you know things like that for mm. example um i had a friend who pitched me a business idea and his business idea was not very good mm. so i wrote an article on why i thought that idea was bad mm things like that and my process for writing is very simple i just think of an idea or something to write about mm-hmm. and then i will just go for a walk without headphones and i will 
produce my article or my video or whatever content I'm going to produce mm. while in the process of working. Hmm. Interesting. So I feel writing is a really, really powerful skill. Uh, it has changed my life, and your business started because of that, and depends on that. So, were you a naturally good writer, or like, like there are some people who are, but what was your case? Oh were no, you... I was naturally an awful writer, and <laughs> when I say awful, I mean as I told you, right? I'm I'm not from a family mm-hmm. that is very very well educated. Mm-hmm. So, we no one in my house spoke English until I started going to school. Hmm. So, and even in school, I I would fail English all the time. And I remember thinking that what is the point of learning English when hmm. we speak Hindi? Hmm. And you know, I'm not gonna become a writer. I remember having that thought many times. Like I'm not gonna yeah. become a writer. So why yeah. do I need to learn English? Yeah. So I never cared about English class, and I kept failing it, failing it, failing it. Hmm. And it just so happened that today I'm a writer, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I find very ironic, but it is how it is. So yeah, I would say that I'm not. I wasn't naturally great at writing, but I was. I think that LMM is popular because of the content and not because of the writing style and quality. I just write in very simple English, the way I speak. Mm. Like even speaking English, I had to like learn from books and you know hire a teacher and everything. But still, how how did you worked on your skill and made it good enough so that actually you can produce? I'm asking this for the listeners so that. now we are talking about creation so they have a good starting point and also mm. have a so uh, if some, someone's yeah. english is not good here mm. is what they need to do they need to do okay they need to start reading and read everything read when you're like very young let's say you're 14 15 years old mm-hmm. read a lot of fiction books like harry potter or you know lord of the rings or aragorn or whatever else you have mm-hmm. Read a lot of fiction. Read a lot of non-fiction. Reading is going to improve your English a lot. It's not going to improve your spoken English because that requires practice. But mm-hmm. your written English and your able your ability to you know interpret what is written and read very fast and scan a piece of text and to know what is quality writing. For that, you need to read a lot. So read a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot. Like people think like twenty minutes a day is a lot, but A lot mm. means one or two hours a day. Mm. I try mm. reading thirty, forty, fifty pages per day, mm. and do that for a long time. Like, don't stop doing it. Like, do it for years and years and years. You will keep getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And practice your speaking skills. Like, join a Toastmasters club if yeah. you live in a city, or try to practice speaking English as much as possible. Because you know, whatever language you speak, and no matter how patriotic you are, mm. when you're on the internet, you have to speak English. Right. Because you want to reach a Western audience, because Western mm-hmm. audiences have like, or most people online are either not Indian or you know everyone online speaks English. Mm-hmm. So if if you want to grow bigger and beyond your local circle, or you know some small niche online, you have to speak in English. So learn mm-hmm. English properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So ah. Uh... I have seen that the people who just start writing, they have a lot of limiting beliefs. Uh, as such, that you have to be completely original, you have to be completely perfect. Still, like an artist. Hmm. Yeah, I wanted you to talk about that. That how do you overcome those uh, limiting beliefs, and what is the right thing you should think about when you start creating? So, see, if you 
have limiting beliefs see first of all okay when people write hmm. if you're writing for money then you're going to feel for sure like i can guarantee that if you're writing your primary purpose of create creating something hmm. especially in the beginning is just the money then you're going to hmm. feel because hmm. you will get very frustrated very fast because this is, this is a very slow business it takes a long time to mm-hmm. get to the point where you can make money hmm so the first reason you won't want to start writing or creating something like youtube or any kind of content is to help people you're sure you should be trying to add value and you know make people's lives better provide some kind of value to them in the form of either knowledge or entertainment mm. or what what have you and that when you're doing that to help people then you don't have these mental blocks anymore because mm. if you just want to help people and not trying to make money then why do you need to be original mm. why do you have to reinvent the wheel why right. can't you just share your perspective you just want to help people you're not trying to make money mm. and after you make a bit of content let's say you publish 20 articles make made 10 to 15 videos then you have practiced a little bit you know mm. a lot of things now that you didn't know before and the process is more familiar to you so you get over mm. those hesitations over time and mm. that's something everyone has to get over like right. any thought that you think you've had someone else has had before mm. and i don't right. mean blatantly stealing content okay you should never yeah. blatantly steal content what i mean to say is that it's fine to get inspired from something else right. so for example if you learn about you, let's say you read a book like pool by randomness by nasim nicholas taleb mm-hmm. you found an art idea in the book that was particularly interesting so you can write mm. an article on that idea mm. you don't have to like come up with new concepts because mm. that's not possible like that right. that just you just can't do that consistently mm. unless you're like satoshi nakamoto or something but even mm-hmm. he did only bitcoin makes sense makes sense so after like you start you learn how to create you overcome your hurdles now you have to do things consistently how like it's been 3 years you're doing the same thing how do you do it consistently how do you create con- content on twitter consistently on your personal blog you have prop? to enjoy the process you have to like doing what you do so if mm. if you find it boring and you know it's mm. killing your soul then you can't be consistent but if you enjoy mm. what you're doing then you can easily be consistent so mm, for me being consistent is not like something i have to do with just something that's mm. naturally is because mm. it's just so much fun to do it mm. on twitter it's twitter is especially fun because you know there's a lot of human interaction involved there's a lot of back and forth mm-hmm. there's a lot of trolling people involved which is fun <laughs> by default and twitter is a very fun platform but if you take something like youtube which is less fun because you have to put in a lot of work to create videos mm. you just have to make sure that you enjoy it Like pick something you enjoy okay like don't don't do mm. something for the money like you, you have to enjoy the process otherwise you will get frustrated and burn out right right if you actually enjoy and do things uh, properly and do it well other things i guess get followed like money fame or whatever you are chasing uh, gets followed by it absolutely so if you if you're good at something and that thing even if it's a little monetizable then you will have money follow you mm, you shouldn't you, right. you never want to chase money because that's not what god put you on earth for at least that's how i think yeah i think that you need to have a wider purpose so yes. you got to first put what you're good at what do you enjoy the most among those things mm. and then how can you add the most value from that mm so hush if you have to break down the whole process of uh, 
building uh, your personal brand online or your business online in a step by step process for anyone who is just starting out how will you start like oh okay so for someone who say can you tell me what type of business they trying to like can you give me i, I can like break down a lot of businesses for yeah, example yeah. for example or yeah for example someone wants to do the similar kind of thing that what you have done you, leveraging twitter okay. or any okay. other platform the and first thing that's required and this is the most important thing is that you need to have real experience and knowledge about whatever mm. niche you're going into So mm. for example if you start say if i started life math money and i knew nothing about money and my life and mindset then mm. i remember what i failed on day one because you know my content would suck and no one would follow me mm. so you need to know what you're trying to do so if mm. you want to like get into you want to help people say become financially independent mm. then you have to know how to do that you need to be financially independent yourself okay i would say that if you are say if you if you make a pickup book Mm. a book about picking up women and you've never picked up a woman then you mm. know your content sucks you will it has to suck because you you lack experience yeah so the most important thing is knowledge and experience like focus mm. on that first mm. then when it comes to you know actually presenting it on the internet it's as simple as making an account you know putting up the right bio Mm-hmm. consistently creating content interacting with more people and that's it like consistently make content interact with more people and try to grow as much as possible and after that uh, a lot of people miss out on they build a following they but they don't leverage it or utilize it so how do you leverage that also monetize also create a that, product that ways? people want Yeah. I think that the hard part is getting the audience in the first place and getting the yeah. audience requires you know just focus and consistency and you know doing mm. the same thing for a while mm. and not seeing a lot of results so for example if you mm. start a youtube channel i would bet that initially for a long time you're not going to see a lot of people follow you because mm. exponential growth takes time mm. and it just you have to produce a lot of content before and after you have an audience already then monetizing it is not that difficult you can just mm-hmm. create a product or you can even ask your audience what they want to buy from you and they will tell you <laughs> so what are the ways a person can monetize also because they can have that in mind you you are talking about products okay, ebooks so and the simplest order. way is advertising uh, that is google adsense or youtube ads mm-hmm. or whatever so this is the simplest way and in my opinion this is like the worst way because it kind of makes your website look like crap and mm. not good in my opinion it doesn't even pay that much mm. the second way is affiliate marketing and i have mm. a second business that is purely affiliate marketing mm-hmm. and affiliate marketing is basically when you sell a product and then you get a commission from the sale so you don't make the product you sell someone else's product and you take a mm. commission so for example if you sell so if you like write a review on a particular software and then someone from google comes and reads a review and then buys the software you mm-hmm. will get a commission from the renewal of that software which might be 40% 50% or whatever mm-hmm. so that's affiliate marketing you can even do this via amazon so you can sign up for something called amazon associates and then create your own amazon links and put them up in your content and people can click and buy and then you get a commission from the sale 
So that that's a very popular business model, like people, mm-hmm. especially in the fitness industry. So people will try and sell you whey protein and pre workouts <laughs> and um, you know creatine and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and they will get a pretty good commission off it. Mm-hmm. So you're adding value by recommending quality products to your quality products to your audience, and if your audience buys on the basis of your recommendation, then you get paid. Mm-hmm. Third way is to create your own products. Mm-hmm. This could either be a physical product or an info product. So a physical mm-hmm. product is it's not something that I'm particularly experienced in, but I've heard it's not that difficult. You just need to go to China and figure out what you want to buy and sell. So, for example, if you let's say that um, you make videos about juicing, so you mm-hmm. might go to China. You you can have your own juicer design, and then you could sell that juicer to your audience. So, like. I could make yeah. a life math money juicer. Like mm-hmm. These are the additional features and, you know, just sell it to my audience. And people mm-hmm. do do that. For example, if you take starting strength, starting strength sells their own belts and their own lifting mm-hmm. bar and everything. So mm-hmm. physical products are entirely possible, but it's just something that I don't have a lot of experience with. Mm-hmm. Um, then if you take info products, now that is something that life math money is into. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you could create guides or that involves solving a specific problem. So for example, if you take LMM, a big problem for LMM followers and what people who generally find LMM uh, young men is that they lack discipline in their life. So, you know, like you mm-hmm. said, they're addicted to leisure mm-hmm. and social media and what have mm-hmm. you. So if I wrote a book on how to fix that, I wrote Live Intentionally, which is a 90-day self-improvement program. And mm-hmm. this is like a 90-day boot camp where people abstain from these things and fix their lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I charge 20 bucks for it and people can just pay me directly via Gumroad. So that is another way to monetize your product, and, you know, your business. Mm-hmm. Then you have brand deals. So if you if you have a large audience, then mm-hmm. a lot of brands who are selling products that are related to your audience would be happy to give you free products and you know pay you for promoting them. So for example, if you are someone who reviews food, like let's say you are a food reviewer and mm-hmm. you have a big audience on YouTube, then you can find restaurants who will pay you and feed you so that you can make a video and put it up on your website. Mm-hmm. Or if you are, say, if you have a channel about law, mm-hmm. then you will find law firms who will contact you. And law firms are very good at this. They will contact you and they will tell you to, you know, leave a link to their law firm in your description or somewhere so that Mm. clients can find them. Mm. Then there is, you know, just product placement. So if you're making videos with you in it, you might just get paid to, you know, wear a particular headphone or sit on some kind of gaming chair or whatever. And Mm. that's it. Got it. So if I'll just repeat uh, the steps for the audience for the clarity of it. Step one is learn, 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 gain experience so that later you can produce. Step two is producing on based of on your learnings and experience, uh, putting your work out there, gaining distribution, gaining followers and building audience. Step three is monetizing for which you have told multiple ways. Yes, I think that are the basic steps. Although mm-hmm. if someone's primary interest is just making money, my recommendation would not be to get into the content business, but to just get into e-com. And e-com mm. is purely about making as much cash as possible mm. as quickly. You just need to learn how to write good advertisements, how to like 
copywriting, how to make you know a good decent image as an advertisement. Run that on Facebook, YouTube, or wherever, and have a product that you're selling. And it's that simple. Ecom is the best way to make money. Content based marketing is more organic, and mm. it actually involves you doing a lot of upfront work. Yeah, that's a really good advice because like. Uh... it involves a lot of consistent work and if you don't enjoy and if it is just for the sake of money you won't be able to sustain it yeah when you do things just for the sake of money it kind of like suffocates you from the inside mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so also uh, while this in the second step you uh, you d- decide to produce things how do you decide the channel or the platform twitter youtube instagram can you briefly talk about that also so that it gets much more clear for the people oh it really depends okay so for example if someone is making content about recipes mm-hmm. so they need a blog of course mm-hmm. and i would recommend being on youtube because that's where a lot of people are looking for recipes mm-hmm. and your target market is what mothers and women mm-hmm. like most people who cook are women so what platforms do mothers use they use pinterest so you would want to be on pinterest but if you're producing content on mindset then you mm. need to be on twitter and mm. not facebook sorry twitter and instagram maybe and mm. you need to have your own blog and youtube mm. but there is no real value in being on pinterest mm. there is not much value in being on facebook mm. so it depends on the type of content you're making so mm-hmm. if you're if you're selling say dresses and clothes mm-hmm. then you need to be on instagram because that's where that's what instagram is good for yeah so it never hurts to have a blog so i think that everyone should have a blog but mm. social media priority depends on what you're doing yeah so if you if you want to make like long informational content then a blog and youtube are the way to go mm-hmm. for sh- short form stuff mindset and things like that mm-hmm. like i said twitter is the best platform for stuff related to aesthetics like you know interior decoration food decoration recipes you have pinterest and for teaching content that is you know like i will show you how to cook or i will solve some kind of tech problem for you or i will show you how something works youtube is the best platform to be mm-hmm. so it really depends on what you want to produce there are no one size fits all answers yeah uh, i'll just add to it i can uh, i'll say that the first place to begin is decide the way you want to produce is it uh, like do you enjoy video do you enjoy writing first step is that or do you enjoy audio for podcast for that matter i guess that is the first step and then on the basis of that you can decide uh, then if your content is very much visually appealing you can go to instagram like you were saying or if it is a long form it involves educational stuff youtube could be a place or if you are into writing then linkedin or twitter could be a place depending upon the tg right correct so harsh you have spent a quite quite lot of time on internet i wanted to understand what you have learned about people uh, how did they operate and then based on that how do you build authority on internet okay so one thing about people is that people in real life Mm. they are somewhat restrained by social pressures so mm-hmm. for example if i don't like you i won't just go and say you're an idiot 
because that's societally impolite like we're not mm-hmm. supposed to do that and that's what we've been taught ever since we were children mm-hmm. and there's a very good chance if someone you know insults you for no reason you might insult them back and you know it might get to a fist fight mm-hmm. but on the internet people are more themselves in a way that there is no social societal constraints mm-hmm. on people anymore so you can actually see human nature for what it is mm-hmm. so on the internet you will see say people just being critics for no reason so mm-hmm. i'll have people who will come on my videos and say you have a fake accent and you know you're like a budget person and you know you're an asshole you're a misogynist or whatever what have you and that's just how people are like people a lot of people are very critical of you mm. and that ha- that's going to happen to any big creator mm. and that happens because there is no social constraint on the internet like that you, you would not say that to someone in real life so even if you thought someone's accent is fake mm-hmm. you won't go up to them and say you have a fake accent mm. it, it's just very impolite but on the internet it's like a very easy thing so there are yeah. very few consequences on the internet so you can see that everywhere so if you go to instagram like women will basically prostitute themselves for likes on instagram they like barely wear any clothes and stick mm-hmm. their ass out and you know mm-hmm. and that's how women are and women won't do that like as much in real life because there are societal pressures preventing mm-hmm. them for, from it so in countries where societal pressures are lower that's how they are so Mm-hmm. internet kind of shows you the true picture of human reality and mm-hmm. the one thing of what the internet i found is that people tend to be very tribal so people who love bitcoin really love bitcoin people who mm-hmm. hate bitcoin really hate bitcoin people mm-hmm. who are vegans really love veganism and anyone who isn't a vegan is evil kills animals eats animals whatever people who are into carnivore diets think that anyone who isn't a carnivore diet follower is a complete moron and you know anti science or what have you people who took the vaccine are like and they love the vaccine think that all the people who didn't take the vaccine are going to die mm-hmm. and the people who didn't take the vaccine think that all the people who took the vaccine are going to die so mm-hmm. the internet is very tribal and that's just human nature you know that's how people are in real life as well but we are more socially restrained mm-hmm. and the way i found to build authority is just to be honest about your opinions and to be very unapologetic. Mm. So in real life like for example if you have a particular opinion that I disagree with I will probably not even mention it because you know I don't want to create discord for no reason I don't want to burn a relationship but on the internet you just say things and let people fight. Mm. You know like it's like throwing a stone at a pack of dogs and you know seeing what barks. Mm. And internet is about taking a stand so for example see in real life what happens is that if i have to say something i'm going to like be very tactful about it so for mm-hmm. example i will say i think that this might be a good idea mm-hmm. and on the internet i will say do this mm. so it's just even though i really believe doing this is the right thing to do i will only put that on the internet because that that's more beneficial on the internet and mm-hmm. it works on the internet but in real life you just going to piss people off like who do you think you are like what are you telling me to do this for so yeah that's how i think you build authority mm-hmm. and of course knowing what you're talking about like if you're just going yeah. on blabbering and you lack yeah. experience and knowledge then you're going to get destroyed on the internet for the same reason yeah makes sense but do you think that uh, being really bold is 
possible without being anonymous it is there are a lot of people who are very bold without being anonymous it's not a big mm. deal at all mm. i think that if you can build an audience just with your honest opinion you can't get cancelled because what are you going to cancel them for like that's what their audience knows already mm. so if, if you take someone like uh, so most what most people do is that they really censor their own opinions and they kind of build an audience on the basis of very clean thoughts or you know politically correct thoughts so at any moment whenever they say something politically incorrect or controversial their own audience turns on them so if you take jk rowling this is what happened right she mm-hmm. kind of her own audience turned on her and that's because she was she did the whole i'm very politically correct i'm this good good to shoes and you should please follow me but if you're controversial from day one then what are you going to do like nice. what is going to happen to you if you're not an owner nothing it's just more mm-hmm. of a privacy thing but doesn't you can say whatever you want and if someone in real life doesn't like that they can just go screw themselves like <laughs> fine yeah even even novel said i remember that branding requires accountability and to build a personal brand you must take on the risk of being publicly wrong <laughs> it really depends because see not being anon and being anon are not when you're not anon you have more opportunities to make money because you know you can do a lot of better marketing for example you can appear live on videos and mm. form more connections with your audience Mm. but being anon has benefits for your privacy you don't have to you know watch everything you say and you can actually have extremely controversial there are like certain very controversial opinions that it would not be a smart idea to say if you're not anon mm-hmm. and i don't mean them about feminism or whatever but there are things that you would not want to say with mm. your identity attached to it especially about say uh peaceful people mhm so uh i was about uh, to ask this question harsh that what is your opinion in the end what does really matters is it fame money or people or if you can ri- rank them according to the priority at uh, whatever stage of life you are in what is your opinion on uh, that can you repeat your options it was uh money fame and people i would say that when you're young you don't want fame because fame is going to get into your head mm. and fame tends to destroy young people very fast and you will often see this in um singers and artists and everything hmm um i would say the answer is neither of these i would say the answer is knowledge and mindset mm. that is the most important thing and all of these three things are like you know fame network and money are the results of those things mm. when you're older like i i don't really see the that much value in fame to be honest you know it's just how i think mm-hmm. maybe i'm not yeah. a big, um fame chaser mm. i would say money is a great tool mm. it helps you achieve you know it helps you buy things and get what you want from the situation because you know mm-hmm. it has value for most people on earth mhm a network is also super important but you know that's something you have to build so if mm. you're young you your your network has no meaning like if you're a 19 year old there's nothing you can provide to your network because you just start you just lack any knowledge and you don't have anything to give 
Mm. You can't have a big network because you know you, you can't really provide anything to anyone who is already successful. Mm-hmm. So, I would say the most important thing is just the mindset and intelligence of of willingness to work hard and learn things mm. and IQ. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I also have been a firm believer of learning, being a student for life. learning constantly because if you are not learning whenever you stop learning you become replaceable you are replaceable so you have to constantly keep learning to stay updated to stay relevant so harsh on uh, like like only last few questions are left uh, i wanted to talk about on twitter it comes out you are very motivated disciplined productive hustler kind of person which i am very sure you are as well so what are your productivity secrets or any advice you would wake like up early, to wake up early Hmm. That really helps. Wake up at five a.m. in the morning. How uh, your routine looks like? I'll tell you what I did today. So since you asked, mm-hmm. I woke up at four forty-five in the morning and mm-hmm. I brushed my teeth. Then I spent about three hours working on my crypto course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm releasing my DeFi module in the next week, so I was cool. producing the last parts of it. So I'm working on Aave. So I did. that for about 3 hours i spoke to a business associate of mine then i took a bath no then i went for a walk mhm it was the morning sun i met up with a few friends while i was walking i met a new girl there and then you know i went for breakfast i had like my 20 egg white breakfast that i always eat mhm and then i came home i took a shower then i was studying a bit of computer science i'm doing a course on databases Mm-hmm. Then I continued to work on the crypto course. Then I relaxed a bit, you know, like took a mm-hmm. power nap and mm-hmm. read a book. I'm reading this book called uh, "The Gospel of Wealth" by Andrew Carnegie. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I did that. Then I'm also taking certain lessons. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, I wrote a bit of an article. Then I started talking to you. Wow! So. Does your whole week, all days, look that structured and go like that? They're not. My days are not structured. I just do what I feel like doing. And okay. So, for example, currently I'm working on my crypto course, but before that, I would do something else. So it really mm. depends. So, so for example, some some months I'm more focused on computer science, so I might, I might prioritize that. But mm. usually, I don't waste any time. I just don't have time to waste. Mm-hmm. Like I did some time. Like even today. Like I after I. Like right before I was speaking to you, I think I was scheduling some tweets, mm-hmm. and I have my leisure time mostly after I'm done with everything. So after like seven o'clock, mm-hmm. seven to nine thirty, I'll probably just relax and you know spend time with family and whatnot, and then I'll go to sleep. Mm. So to wake up at five, like the only one thing you said, uh, the productivity secrets is to wake up early. Right? No, you need to do two things. Okay. Mm-hmm. You need to one wake up at five, and you need to have a to do list of all the things that you want to do, mm-hmm. and make sure that you don't do anything like you know entertainment or taking a break until you are done with your to do list. So make mm-hmm. sure you complete your list, and only then take a break. Mm-hmm. So what most people do is that they wake up late, and their entire day is a break. So they work for ten minutes, and then they take a two-hour break, and they'll study mm-hmm. for twenty minutes, and then t- they'll take an hour-long break. They'll get distracted mm-hmm. on something or the other. The mm-hmm. trick is to wake up early, get done with everything, and only then take a break. 
Hmm. So for that, you must be sleeping very early as well. I sleep at nine thirty mostly. Sometimes mm-hmm. I sleep late as well. It really depends. Sometimes I, you know, because my business is life math money and affiliate marketing, yeah. I have to communicate with a lot of people who live in different time zones. And sometimes, and I would say at least two, three times a week, it just so happens that you have to talk with them at nine p.m. to twelve p.m. because mm. that's that's just how time zones work. Like they're living yeah. in the U.S. and so mm-hmm. sometimes I have to like take a nap in the afternoon to make up for it the next day. So on those days also you wake up at five. Yeah. Otherwise, if you, if you start waking up late, then mm. you, it it becomes a habit. So if you want to keep mm. the habit, then you have to keep waking up early mm. and you just take naps in the day to compensate. It's fine. Mm. Like you don't have yeah. to stress. Like sleep is very important. Mm. I was just about to talk about habit formation because it is really crucial. Because I feel. Uh, even before having goals you should have a habit checklist which you are working on because habits make life easier so what are some of your habits that you are proud of and you recommend people to include in their life okay so i think the most important habits are lifting weights mm. you have to lift weights if you're a man lift weights there is no alternative i don't want to hear anything about you being tall and already good looking lift weights mm. no excuses here read books mm. you have to read books like you have to read a lot of books from a different uh, from a lot of different topics and genres mm-hmm. I, i mean non fiction books so read a lot mm-hmm. that is super important then you have to meditate meditation is extremely important again because it kind of like changes in your chemistry it mm-hmm. makes you a more calm controlled and you know stable person like most mm-hmm. people get angry flustered and frustrated very fast and how do you train yourself to be better you do that by meditating mm-hmm. then i would say um these are the biggest ones i would say it mm-hmm. helps to have a list of affirmations for you to recite i do that every day as well then you know that's it like just do that got it so push with a lot of things how do you include uh, lifting weights and meditation also in your routine usually i lift from lift in the morning because that's when i'm most consistent mm. and you know when i want the days that i left i just have less time for other things so i just cut down those things mm and then you wrap up your meditation as well in the morning itself yeah so i meditate for 15 minutes so that's not very long i can do that mm-hmm. very fast like 15 minutes everyone has 15 minutes mm 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 got it so start your day with most important things that are going to dictate your throughout uh, dictate your day itself which is like exercising and clearing your mind and doing affirmations yeah so for example yeah if you're short on time then you might say cut corners here and there for example mm. on days i left i don't go for morning walks because i'm lifting mm. but on days i'm not lifting i'll go for a walk so today is an off day i left on mondays wednesdays and fridays mm-hmm. today is a sunday so i didn't have to lift today so i just went for a walk mm. i met with my friends and you know got some social interaction in Hmm. You just sense. like you just got to like not waste time. Hmm. Because there's no point complaining about a lack of time. There's no way I can increase time right. and there's no way you can, you know, change right. how slow or how fast the earth rotates. Right. So right. you just got to make the most of what you have. And hmm. my experience is that if you don't waste time, then you will find that you have enough of it. Like hmm. there's this old saying that if you want something done, 
give it to someone who doesn't have time because they'll find a way mm-hmm. makes sense so these were really productive really uh, like uh, inspiring things that you have said but harsh how do you deal with anxiety setbacks and I, don't things- get anxiety. I, I just don't get anxiety Mm, interesting. When things don't go as per your plan, how do you deal with that? I just do what is best in that situation. Mm. I, I, I'm like I'm. I've been asked this question before on different podcasts, like how to okay. deal with anxiety. Mm. And the God's honest answer is, I just don't get anxiety. Like I just don't really care that much, and I have enough experience to know that mm. things just don't matter that much. In the sense that if you feel at something, it's fine. Like you get to try again sometime. people will forget about it and you know it's not a big deal like it's okay like everyone fails and you have to just know mm-hmm. that like it's okay to fail like you, you have the right to be wrong you have the right to fail you have the right to make a fool of yourself like it's fine like, mm. just because you messed up something or you know you let's say you gave a speech but you just lost your voice and couldn't speak mm-hmm. you were too scared mm-hmm. that's okay like next time you will do better now you have more experience but mm. what the, the last thing you want to do is like you know cry about it and then never even try again mm-hmm. so caring less definitely helps and mm. knowing that it really doesn't matter it's okay you get to try again and you'll be better that mm. that i think contributes to me almost like i i don't even remember feeling anxious i think the last time i mm. felt anxious was like 10 years ago so i just so, don't have that issue so how did you become so emotionally strong it was not something that i did it was just something that accrued mm-hmm. over a long period of time mm okay uh i was saying that those were some really really good answer now we are into last segment of the podcast where i'll take some recommendations from you for the audience so any book recommendations that would that you would love to give uh, read uh, titan by ron chernow um that is one of the best business books i've ever read then read the autobiography of benjamin franklin Mm-hmm. read the rational mail read the book of puck read the illimitable man audiobook read almanac poor charlie's almanac and poor richard's almanac both the almanacs you should read um read deep nutrition for nutrition in fact go to life math money my website lifemathmoney.com and on the top you'll find a page with book recommendations so you'll find an entire list there perfect perfect read my bitcoin if you are interested in bitcoin Only mm. someone wants to learn about Bitcoin. Uh, go to teachyourselfcrypto.com. Teachyourselfcrypto.com, and that's, that's your website, right? I'll just yeah, link. That's it. my completely free course in crypto. I'm just like you know doing a self plug here. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, that that's completely fine. Anyways, I I would uh, love to just link all your ebooks and this website uh, below the podcast. So next question was what are some of the skills that you think are really valuable today that one should definitely start learning coding copywriting social interaction so you want to be mm. able to so let's say that you have a product idea but how do you actually put that in practice like you need to learn how to code mm. so learn how to code it's extremely important okay at least learn web design and how to like make simple websites that do things and you know mm-hmm. write simple business logic yeah you want to learn copywriting because no matter what business you do you're going to sell and selling right on the internet requires you to write well and copywriting is the skill to learn for that so mm. you need to learn copywriting and you need to learn to deal with people and this is this doesn't have much to do with online business but mm-hmm. it has a lot to do with your own happiness and right you know your own um, sense of well-being in connection with humans 
So mm-hmm. a good book for this is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, yeah, I think those are the big three things I would recommend. I would also recommend learning a bit about law and the legal structure in your country. Mm-hmm. So what does a company mean in your country? What is limited liability? Mm-hmm. How you can minimize taxes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Got it. Harsh, who are some of the people that you really admire in life or uh, you have learned a lot from? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people like that. Firstly, my mm-hmm. father, of course, but, mm-hmm. you know, people don't have access to him. So <laughs> I would say like things that people can learn from. So one thing is John D. Rockefeller from his biography, um, Ron mm-hmm. Chernow's book, Titan is a very good one. Even Benjamin Franklin's book is mm-hmm. taught me a lot and I admire him very much. Mm-hmm. I also like um, Donald Trump and not as a politician. I mean, as a businessman, the mm-hmm. guy is very brilliant. A lot of people like, you know, because he did the whole U.S. election thing, people mm-hmm. think of him as a, a business, uh, you know, a politician, mm-hmm. and that unnecessarily polarizes him. But if you read his works on business, like uh, you know, the art of the deal, mm-hmm. that is a very good source of knowledge. Mm. As a businessman, Trump has a lot to teach. Mm. I really admire a lot of other people as well, especially in the crypto space, because of how they think and. You know, their whole spirit about adding more freedom to humanity. Mm. I generally like people who got there through their own effort and skill and luck and not mm. people who are like born into, the, mm-hmm. into that situation. So, for example, there are people who are where they are just because they were born in the right family. Mm-hmm. And I don't find those people particularly inspiring. Right. But people who got there from scratch, like, say, Steve Jobs is very inspiring because you know, he created an entire industry from scratch. He did it by right. himself. Right. Okay. So Harsh, what's next? Where will be, where, where, what are your future plan? What's coming? What's, uh, what's uh, coming is that yeah. LMM is going to grow much bigger. My content okay. is going to keep getting better. Mm-hmm. I'm going to star in more podcasts, write more guest posts. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, m- maybe do a SaaS company in the future. And also like mm. use LMM to get some customers and help more and more people. LMM is about helping men. So help mm-hmm. more and more men live better, more productive lives. Very cool. Very cool. Final piece of advice for the young people, Hirsch, from your side. Final Start words. lifting weights. Okay. Especially for India. Like most, like, the culture in India doesn't really respect physical mm-hmm. strength. Right. But very, it's necessary for everything else that you be fit and strong and your hormones are in good balance mm. and people take it too lightly. They think this is like, you know, not something that's very important, but it is the most important thing. Your health mm-hmm. is the most important thing. So start right. lifting weights and start reading a lot. Like the things I mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. earlier in the podcast, just do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Great. Hush, it was lovely talking to you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Your ideas are amazing and it was really fun. I'm glad you enjoyed the podcast with me, Uttam, and I'm very happy to be on your show. Thanks, man. Really appreciate you doing this. Thank you for inviting me and having me. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely uh, talk again sometime soon. Don't know when, but we'll catch up again for sure. Sounds good. Thank you, bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye, man. Thank you so much for listening so far and spending your valuable time. I really want you to get involved in this conversation, in this dialogue as we think out loud together about our minds, our potential and possibilities of different things in this world. 
You can reach out to me on Twitter, Instagram or LinkedIn for anything that you want to get answered in the upcoming episodes. And please feel free to post about your takeaways from this podcast on social media and tag me along. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. Till then, keep finding answers.